We are restarting live on the Bagland podcast here. Let me get queued up again. For the culture. I keep hearing niggas say for the culture. What the fuck is for the culture? Why is only ignorant shit for the culture? Megan Thee Stallion's new album's for the culture. Homosexuality's for the culture. Everything's for the culture. Niggas smoking blunts with little kids on TV. That's for the culture. Jeezy versus Gucci culture. Everything's for the culture. Niggas can't stop black on black murder for the culture. Niggas can't do one fucking positive thing for the culture. The culture. They ain't even our culture anymore. Niggas, white people's now. They decide. Teenage white girls and white boys at the age of 14, 15 decide what videos get played, what trends on Instagram, what TikTok videos go. They're white kids. He's going in. So what culture the fuck are you talking about? You talking about the music that's being played by these nappy-headed sons of bitches? Culture, culture. Niggas love using words they don't know what the fuck they mean. Huh? Culture. Yeah, man, I can't. My uncle used to say that, man. My uncle Evan said that. He's like, I, I used to, <laughs> I used to go see my uncle Evan. Be like, man, uncle, have you seen, you seen Boys in the Hood? He's like, nah. Like, oh, you seen Colors? Nah. You seen Minutes in Society? Nah. You seen Belly Up? Nah. You seen Juice? Nah. Uncle, why don't you watch no hood movie? My uncle Evan said, cause I don't want to see that shit. Yes, sir. Every goddamn day. I see it every goddamn day. I want to learn something. If I'm going to give my attention to something, nephew, I want to learn something. I want to be enlightened. So I watch Italian movies because I don't hang in Italian neighborhoods. I don't know their rules and their lessons. I watch European movies by Guy Ritchie. This is what my Uncle Evan put me on the game. He's like, I watch movies of all other things but nigga shit. Why the fuck would I want to watch something that I know everything and plus it's so simple. The whole nigga life in the nigga community is one plus one. That's as far as it goes. The nigga community never goes to two plus two or two times two or three times three or even one times three, five times five. It never gets to that. The, everything in the Negro, nappy-headed nigga community, the black communities of America can be added up as one plus one. That's my diagnosis. That's not my uncle saying that. That's my own diagnosis. But back to my uncle Evan. He said, so why the fuck would I want to watch? Why do I want to watch the shit I see every day? Niggas riding around smoking weed. And what the fuck would I want to watch that for? Let me pause this. Can you hear me now? Fever's 420. Can you hear me right now? Well, I'm going to send you a text. We want to make sure we get this right. You can hear me. Okay. All right, cool. Let's keep it going. That's niggas trying to relive some kind of fucking childhood dream that they had as a kid some some retarded nigga they grew up idolizing or some niggas that never been in the street and like to watch shit that they didn't get to see it either way my uncle was like i don't like to watch this shit and i took on that as soon as he said that shit i, I immediately that makes perfect sense why the fuck would i want to watch niggas be niggas when i can do that every fucking all i gotta do is walk out my front door just drive over to where my family is. It's easy to see niggas doing stupid nigga shit. How do I get to see how Asians people live? How do I get to see how Mexican cultures live? How do I get to see how Irish cultures live? How do I get to see how African cultures live in Africa? I want to see something else other than some nappy-headed niggas talking about, yeah, I grew up home, nigga. Where you from? Shit, it ain't no joke. Well, you say that like you're proud of it. What if it was a nice place? You wouldn't be so proud to be from there, huh? That's why you niggas can't stop killing each other, because you don't want a happy place to live. You don't 
want a happy place to live because if, if, if the black neighborhoods turn peaceful, then what the fuck with the demons? The niggas who are prospering right now, look who's prospering. All the young hitters, the young drillers, the young killers, the young savages. What would these people do in a black productive community that's about positivity? What would the demons do? They wouldn't have nothing to do. This is Bagland DP on the Bagland Podcast, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. Am I loud and clear? Am I live? We are live on the Bagland Podcast. And tonight we're going to be talking about universal law. How do we define universal law? What is universal law? Yes, we are loud and clear. Shout out to Fever's 420. As you heard here tonight on the Bagland podcast, that was Simba Leaf. that excerpt you heard. What would the demons do? One thing I could say as a group, Castle Black folks of the Night's Watch, one thing we have done as a group and in common, and it's too often that I see and experience this, something that I grew up as a child, I seen that it was a standard to teach our children how to fill out job applications, but not be able to review them. Let me repeat myself. One thing we have done as a group and in common is we have made it a standard to teach our children how to fill out job applications, but not be able to review them. And if you look at, our, at the legend, Dr. Claude Anderson, when he mentioned that we have not moved one iota since the early 1900s. It is now the year of our Lord 2020 going on 2021 and we have not moved one iota. And when he mentions the demons, I'm glad Simbali mentioned that. When he mentions the demons, the Popeye's chicken Negro spiritual people, they welcome the counterproductive epidemic. The serial hood hitter is promoted, marketed, and acknowledged, are they not? And it's simple gravity. The Negro spiritual people, the suspected plantation operatives, and the serial hood hitters and the demons, their time is coming to an end. Thus, the black intelligentsia, not the elite, not the coons or the CNN crying Negro network niggas, I'm talking about the black folks who want a true win true universal man and woman now i seen something on the gram that our great mogul Derek grace posted and he said our ancestors died for the right to own land and businesses too but i never see y'all promoting that and shaming others for not doing it you remember all that voter shaming you they died so you could vote and all that you never hear people say within the same sentence and this is what I always bring back when you look at Mississippi, if you look at Missouri, if you look at Tulsa, if you look at all those places back in the day where there was expulsions, they used to call them, oh, these were race riots. They were not race riots. They were racial expulsions. These were black folks being domestically terrorized and lynched in broad day in front of the judge, district attorney and the race soldiers all in the same light. Their businesses were stolen, their land was stolen, and you never see people say, well, you know, you gotta vote. You got to vote because your ancestors died. They never really include, hey, their land and their businesses were stolen too. 
So they don't really shame you to own and to own land and businesses. They shame you for a damn vote. And in the words of Noam Chomsky, it is the responsibility of intellectuals to speak the truth and expose lies. That comes from one of his books. It's the responsibility of intellectuals to speak the truth and to expose lies. You dig? Now, I was looking something. When we want to talk about universal law and when we want to talk about injustice, there's an article that came out. Honesty Hodges. Now, the New York Times, they broke this. The New York Times said Honesty Hodges, whose handcuffing changed police policy, is dead at 14. Now, when they talk about police policy, they're kind of speaking from the reform page because none of these race soldiers were, were, were punished. Now, she was handcuffed by police in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, this they say that it was a national uproar. It led to a new law enforcement policy on dealing with youth. Now, she died of COVID-19. God bless her heart. Rest in peace to Honesty. She just passed. Now, back in 2017, back in 2017, get my music queued up, get my trap going. Thank you all for joining tonight. She died. You know, it looks like she passed this week here from the COVID-19. And it grew outrage. She was 14 in 2017 when... December 6, 2017, she stepped out of the back door of her home with her mother and another family member to go to the store when they were confronted by race soldiers. Thank you. Um, and they basically told her to put her hands on top of her head. And her mother said she's only 11 years old. Now, she was 11 years old during this time. The police said, stop yelling. The race soldier ordered Honesty to walk toward her toward um him with her hands up a second officer grabbed her arms pulled them behind her back she was shouting no now the police they said had been searching for a 40 year old woman in connection with a stabbing eventually they removed the handcuffs and grand rapids police it caused the uproar they say and in a news conference, the police chief at the time, David Runhinsky, said that listening to an 11-year-old's response makes my stomach turn. It makes me physically nauseous. He retired in 2019. Now, none of the race soldiers were disciplined because they had not violated any departmental, uh, departmental policies. Mr. Rahinsky wrote in a statement at the time. Nonetheless, the department acknowledged that the officers had made a mistake in how they handled the child. Now, I just happened to come across this article and the point I was trying to make here, universal law, was that justice? Was that universal man or woman? No, it was not. 11 years old. See, in the system of racism, white supremacy, as Neely Fuller says, white supremacists teach their children at a very young age. By the age of nine or 10, they know the code. They understand where they're supposed to be on the finish line. So these race soldiers that handcuffed this child, as the black media always says, 
black children are considered to be adults at the age of 10 or the age of nine, by, by the way. So this was a prime example. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now this this is for all them Negroes running around talking about man, there's only racism in the South. It ain't all that bad up north. That's for them. This was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, this is a very interesting from uh article from Crying Negro Crying Negro Network News. I mean CNN. Now, this talks about an ex-proud boy. Now, here's what he says happens within the group ranks. Now, in the Million MAGA March, which they stole from Brother Farrakhan, we do stand with Farrakhan here on the Bagland Podcast. This proud boy named Russell Schultz sent a video to CNN, and he's a former proud boy. He was filmed in street brawls and he shows up at protests in Portland, Oregon, saying fuck Antifa and all of this stuff. They mentioned something about stand back and stand by and all this. So CNN, Crying Negro Network News, they asked him, why do men join the Proud Boys? And he said most of it, most of the reason is because they just want to fight. They want to join a gang. I told you all before. This is gang gang. This is this is a whole lot of gang shit going on. They want they want to join a gang so they could go fight Antifa and hurt people that they that they don't like and they feel justified in doing that. Now, last year, Mr. Schultz was indicted for for rioting after a brawl between far right protesters and anti-fascists in Portland. Now, he pleaded not guilty and he's filed a federal well actually it says joey gibson of the right wing patriot prayer has filed a federal lawsuit against the uh how do you say this motonama county district attorney claiming they he's been you know unfairly prosecuted because of his political you know beliefs now they didn't throw his case out now that case is pending now Schultz, he's 51 years old. He joined the Proud Boys in the fall of 2017 and he left in May 2019. Now, one thing I want to pay that I want you guys to pay mind on some of these right-wing groups. They will leave one group and sometimes they'll go to another group. They'll have little inner, you know, fights with each other from time to time. And all they're really arguing about is how they're going to maintain and implement and refine the system of racism and white supremacy. And that's all they really want to do. So they'll fight with it with each other. Y'all seen Game of Thrones? Now some people would say, "Well, you know, you know, Europeans they just attack black folks." No, they will cut each other's heads off in the fight for who will steer the boat of that system. So he says he quit, but the Proud Boy said he was kicked out. Now he still shows up at rallies, and he's still motivated, you know, about going against antifa okay so he still shows up at the rallies now he defends his past actions with the proud boys including violent threats as justified to fight antifa or he dismisses them as just jokes now remember the jim crow joe song and the clan they said it started off as a joke notice when they notice when it ever comes to terrorism whenever, whenever it comes to these right-wing guys and these proud boys they always start talking about oh it's a joke it's not a big deal we were just joking around 
they always anytime they do something to somebody they say well it started off as a joke they always mention that then they said that the word joke that schultz said the word joke about three dozen times in the few in a couple hours cnn interviewed him and they mentioned it's harder for someone to be held accountable for what he believes if it's not clear what exactly he believes and it allows him to try on a persona with the safety valve of being able to say it later it was to say later it was all fake now remember that hold on it says it's harder for someone to be held accountable for what he believes if it's not clear what exactly he believes listen to what cnn is saying so you can't hold him accountable because you don't know exactly what he believes so you can't hold him to account if he says it's a joke so if you listen to what they say it almost kind of sounds like they're giving him a pass then he said in person he's mild-mannered and polite in his old proud boys videos he's menacing in 2017 they say he was at a free speech rally with the patriot prayer all of a sudden fights are breaking out all over the place then he said it started looking like braveheart now the first degree of membership in the proud boys they say is declare declare you are one which schultz later did the second degree is to be punched while reciting the names of five breakfast cereals which he did too it was just a joke he says no one hits hard the five breakfast cereals is a joke that's supposed to emulate getting beat into a gang now look how lame they sound most sets on the street if you get jumped in if you if you were courted on in the early 90s or something i mean you you get tossed up i mean you catching a real serious phase back-to-back fades these dudes talking about breakfast cereals and stuff you see how cowardly they are now they said here's another joke an ex-member recently said on the encrypted messaging messaging app telegram that he was staging a coup so proud boys were no longer capillate to the left we recognize that the west was built by the white race alone and we owe nothing to any other race proud boys chairman enrique tario said there was no coup then both sides said they were both joking now recently i heard about the proud boys changing their name and kicking this enrique tario out saying we don't want no lgbt we don't want no negroes we don't want no token negroes they're going full white supremacists so they keep they keep using the word joke now here's another interesting thing schultz is jewish and says he voted for obama twice so this goes to show when people say well you know jim crow joe jim crow biden is a better choice well these folks believe it or not a lot of them were democrats so when people start talking about well the democrats is a better choice they could switch things left and right the same way how the democrats which started the Klan, by the way that's a fact a lot of those democrats used to be republicans but back in the day in the, in the late 1800s and the early 1900s black folks started joining the republican party you i was watching roots the second generation and they were actually talking about that a lot of black folks were republican back in the day a lot mostly most black people were republican back in the day and then white folks started to leave and go over to the democrats like okay it's too many niggas over here so as this guy says he says he liked the proud boys joking and the drinking joking really means them putting in work 
but he began to notice some patterns among those who joined. He said they joined the group now because it gives them a sense of belonging. Now, you guys need to go see that movie, American History X. Good movie. And there was another movie. What was that movie, The Ice Cube? Fever's 420, help me out. What was that movie back in the higher learning? Omar Epps, Busta Rhymes. You remember that lame-ass white dude? He didn't really belong. He didn't get no girls. He just wasn't a chosen dude. He was just a lame-ass dude. Remy. <laughs> it was Remy. It was Remy. Yeah, Remy was lame as hell. Thank you. Michael Rappaport. I'd have heard Michael Rappaport say some little slick shit too. Yo, 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 Bob. You got a lot of yo, 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 Bobs out of here. Yo, 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 Bob. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. They always be, they hit you with the yo, 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 Bob. You know, they'll get them a little black girlfriend and shit like that. Then you, you catch a yo, 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 Bob by himself and be like, hey, man, what you think about reparations? Man, yo, yo, I think reparations should be for everybody. Yo, yo, yeah, son. You know, my, 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 my snizzle, my nizzle. You know, he may try to sneak the N-word in until you slap him. And then he hits you with that, yeah, you know, my girlfriend's black, yo. Now nah, reparations should be for everybody. Then he goes back home and his and his dad ain't with that yo-yo-yo shit. He, he expects him to be an upstanding white man. So he cleans that shit up right when he goes to his pop's house. He leaves that yo-yo-yo bullshit at the door. I don't want to hear no hip-hop nigger. You, uh, 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 Brad, you better be Brad when you step in my house, Brad. You could do that when you and your little Negro friends, but you better clean it up when you come in my house. So, you know, you'll get a Remy. R Remy will join the Proud Boys, say it's a joke. He'll be lame as hell. You know, he won't get, he won't get no play. He won't get no ladies. And it says that they join the group because it gives them a sense of belonging. They have this inner person side that they want to be, but they're afraid to be. They're men who have never had wingmen before. See, I ain't even I ain't even looked at this article before. Didn't I break that down? I just told you who the, who the type of folks to be to be joining. They've never had wingmen before. They're afraid to say what's on their mind for fear of getting into a fight. But if they have that guy or that group behind them, they're more bold in saying what they think because they think someone has their back. The Proud Boys are the vehicle that attracts those people and accepts them in. This is American History X slash Higher Learning 2.0. And yes, Donald J with the toupee had so okay. Fever's 420 gets me out, gets gets on me on on that all the time, and I'm glad you hold me to account. I see, I I got homies to hold me to account. I don't let I don't deal with no yes, no damn yes men. He's like, hey. You're not holding him to account. Yes. When you really look at that narrative right there. Yeah. Donald J with the toupee has something to do with that. Now the 94 crime bill and Jim Crow Joe. He set the precedence. He set the precedence for it. But yes. Yeah. Donald J with the toupee. He kind of gave the yo, 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 Bob. Because you remember the yo, 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 Bob, the Remy. He might be listed to hip hop and stuff like that. But soon as he says the N word and gets slapped in the mouth or he gets checked or whatever the case may be, he has to pick sides. He has to go back to, to, to his dad that might cut him off or disown him and say, hey, look, you're going to have to get rid of that hip hop shit and you're going to get you get you a Becky. I didn't raise you like that. Yeah, you're playing around with him. But don't you bring one. Don't don't you have a baby by one. OK, 
So now he signs up for the Proud Boys. He's never been accepted. So Donald, he said Donald is the face of racism. He helped. It was always there. It was always there. And that, that's another thing that shout out to the, to the black authority shout out to jason black for bringing out that last those last couple episodes on the black authority they kind of broke that down it kind of broke down what the obama administration failed to do and if you listen fever Phil 20 sent this to me he said man that nigga's been running his mouth a lot yeah he got on a breakfast club and got to talking crazy talking about well black people who saved the iron throne shouldn't get anything out of king's landing you should get the same thing as other americans that's how Barack's been talking lately. So yeah, Donald J with the toupee, once you have Barack, Barack come in and set the standard to say, hey, niggas ain't gonna get shit. Donald basically said, hey, you know what? Niggas ain't gonna get shit. I ain't giving shit to niggas. And on top of that, let me bring out this old George Wallace, this old Bull Connor George Wallace energy. Let me reach back into the civil rights arena and basically say, hey, look, let's go full court let's bring out the spirit of the 94 crime bill but let's implement that in the street kyle rittenhouse just got bailed out of jail for two million a lot of people didn't know that so yeah i agree fevers for 20 you're correct he's the he showed us what america really truly is and i'm really not mad about that because now i'm starting to understand it see when i used to be sitting at work and i used to be hearing these guys basically talk about i used to have a guy that has something on his screensaver when I was at a small company and it looked like it looked like something from I, I was I ain't gonna say the Calvary it looked like something um the Crusades he mentioned something about the Crusades and he was talking about well Muslims Muslims shouldn't be in the country and this that and the third and I'm sitting there listening to this dude and I'm hella offended by a lot of shit he's saying but when I come to think about it that was a lesson for me in life universal law i got to work directly with a stone cold overt white supremacist that was not really apologetic on how he felt and when i sat there and i listened to him and i talked to him and he's basically telling me all these things people say well man you gotta have thick skin it ain't about having thick skin it's about understanding how racism white supremacy works this dude's basically telling me hey man so-and-so ain't supposed to be here he was a big donald j with the toupee supporter and i'm sitting there just listening to this dude now i dealt with a lot of folks from the lizard liberal limousine and they kind of say the same thing they just say it in a very nice way well it's for everyone but black people oh um you know intersectionality and you know the lgbt and these illegals they have to get things first and you know you blacks have been here for a long time it's all about everyone and oh civil rights and martin luther king and and i'm like well wait a minute martin was talking about tangibles they executed martin because he started telling black folks to pull their resources together and pull their money out of the banks see they don't want you to know about the real martin the real martin was trying to get a pipe because he realized this nonviolent shit wasn't gonna work. He went down to the police to the police station, like, hey man, I need to get me a pole because somebody didn't try to bomb my house. And the white supremacist told him the race soldier said, Hey, look, nigga, you're Martin Luther King. We ain't about to give you no strap, nigga. We ain't about to give you no pipe. They denied his permit. Look it up. Martin Luther King was trying to get a pole. 
because he knew he was going to have to whack something out if it came down to it. Yes, Martin Luther King was going to get him some pipes. And like I said before, back in the civil rights era, right towards the end, he knew that this nonviolent shit wasn't going to work. So down in that church, he had them poles. See, they don't want to really tell you that a lot of these black folks that was in the military that came back from wars, the Vietnam War was going on, all type of shit was going on. Niggas was coming home. Niggas, man, we got to be very, very honest. Look at the Harlem Hellfighters. A lot of black people won the wars, World War One, World War Two. They ain't gonna tell you that niggas was out in the field putting in work. Even the French will tell you they gave niggas awards over in France. They had to come back here. Niggas was coming back here in uniforms, getting lynched. The French basically said, "Man, these they called uh, black people the Black Death over there in them World Wars." Go look this up, Harlem Hellfighters. Don't don't trust what I'm saying. Don't listen. Don't say what well, a Bangladesh podcast. Oh, I just gotta no. Go look this up yourself. The 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 Harlem Hellfighters was out there in World War II, I believe it was. Was it one or two? I can't. I think it was two. But they was out there putting in work. And the French basically said, "Hey man, man, I wish these niggas was on our side." Go watch the Watchmen. We'll get in that in a little bit. Hold on, hold on. Let's go to the next article. But they was sending if you look at the vietnam war if you look at the world war one world war two they were sending pamphlets dropping off pamphlets and it was some social engineering but they were telling black folks like man this ain't your war you go back you gotta sit at a jim pro counter come fuck with us you see what i'm saying that's what the nazis was saying hey you know we'll at least treat you like a man them them nazis was looking at niggas like man these niggas is putting in work black folks saved the fucking war they're not going to tell you that. They don't ever want to give black folks no credit. They gave them a little bullshit parade when they got back home. As soon as black folks got back home, you could quote me. Black folks was getting strung up on goddamn trees just for having a fucking U.S. uniform. Because the race soldiers were like, hold on, nigga. How dare you wear a uniform? Now, you didn't fought to get to this war, bled to fight for a country that doesn't fight for you, and come back home and someone tells you, hey, look, you're a Negro. Hey, Jerome, you, you know, take off that fucking uniform. I'm going to string you up in a goddamn tree. Who do you think? You're one of these uppity Negroes. You know, I I think you could look, look a little better in a tree. I think a tree works better for your neck. How about that? How about that, Jerome? That's how they was doing niggas. So Remy and the Proud Boys... You got a bunch of lame ass little right wing people that were on their computer just kind of tapping it up and you know what I'm saying? And then they decided just to join. Whole lot of gang shit. Now, here's another thing. Now, this is very interesting. AOC and Alan Omar want to block Biden's former chief of staff. Reps AOC and Elon Omar is boosting a petent a petition against joe biden's nominating his former chief of staff to a new role in his administration now they said bruce reed is a deficit hawk and they're criticizing his past support for social security and medicare cuts now progressive are progressives are mounting and this is from uh axios.com it says progressives let's get the volume up get my slap going it says progressives are mounting their pressure campaign after the president-elect did not include any of their favorite candidates in his first slate of cabinet nominees 
and they're serious about installing some of their allies blocking anyone who doesn't pass their smell test and making noise if it's not heard now they rejected reed they said it will be a major test for the soul of the biden presidency it says demanding that uh omb be staffed with people who will prioritize working people not wall street deficit scaremongers so this tells you again if you really look at the administration of donald j with the toupee they said oh it was a bunch of wall street people like i told you before this is a donald j with the 2.0 uh donald j with the toupee 2.0 minus all of the hardcore hard-boiled thoughtless insults See, y'all thought y'all was going to get a better deal with Jim Crow Joe. And he's already putting Wall Street people, just like Donald J. with the toupee, on administration. The backdrop, incoming reps Jamal Bowman and Corey Bush, who are also backing the petition, attended a protest last week outside the DNC, urging Biden to keep his promise to pass a $2 million climate policy. So they're already the Democratic Party is already falling apart. They're already like, hey, Jim Crow Joe, you need to put these people you promised. And Jim Crow Joe's like, you know what? I'm going to hire who I please. You Negroes better keep your mouth closed. I don't want to hear what you got to say, Alon and AOC horse face. I don't want to hear what you got to say. I'm putting on the people that I want to put on. In the Watchmen, if you notice what the sister said, what was her name? Hold on. Let's get her name. We want to get the names right here on the Bagland podcast. Can't believe I forgot her name already. Y'all really got to watch the Watchmen. Hold on. Regina King excellent actress excellent in the watchman regina king said she has a nose for white supremacy and he smells like bleach she went to her chief of police and basically said hey look i know that this dude is up to no good pardon me i know that this guy's up to no good you dig and they brought one of the guys in i don't really want to break down the whole story but i'm just going to tell you a little excerpt they brought one of the guys in let's get my slap together here hold on they brought one of the guys in and he said well i want a lawyer this is very important that you guys see the watchman the white supremacist said i want a lawyer and the other white guy that was a detective said we don't need no lawyer when dealing with terrorists and then he showed him a test he started showing him pictures of black folks pictures of right-wing white supremacists conservative rhetoric and symbols and it kept flashing from one screen to the other and the interesting part about that is he was looking at his eyes and seeing they were dilating he was trained to basically look at you and tell like okay body language yeah i know he's part of this so i don't want to give away too much else but i'll say this there was a part of the movie where 
police officers could not just grab their weapons. You dig? They had to have authorization. So it kind of made you think about what was going on in the world right now. And I could tell that they didn't do any more seasons. It had good reviews. A lot of people watched it. The ratings were great. But I think the executive producer probably, somebody scared them away. Like, hey, man, this is getting too deep. Because they kind of brought in, it kind of acknowledged and, and defined what a ghost skin, a ghost skin is. If you look up the word ghost skin, I talked about this maybe about eight months ago. And the reason why I bring all of this up is the lizard liberal limousine. When it comes to these type of actions, you don't really hear them talking about doing anything. And you keep talking about, well, we needed the black vote. Well, now they got the black vote. And what's going on after that? Nothing. Jim Crow Joe is staying true to his word. Now, here's here's another very interesting article here. Okay, now. A Trump supporter gave two point five million dollars. This is from the Guardian.com. He gave two point five million dollars to fight election fraud. He wants his money back. Businessman Frederick Eshelman sues pro-Trump election ethics group, citing disappointing results of efforts to expose cheating. Now he donated 2.5 million to help expose and prosecute claims of fraud. He's from North Carolina. He gave money to the True the Vote, a pro-Trump election ethics group in Texas that promised to file lawsuits in seven swing states as part of its push to investigate, litigate, and expose suspected illegal ballot balloting and fraud in the 2020 general election. Now he just filed this lawsuit in Houston, which was reported first by Bloomberg and true the vote dropped its legal actions and discontinued its validate the vote 22 uh, 2020 campaign campaign then refused to return his calls when he demanded an explanation so this <laughs> this is one of donald j's with the two page people putting up 2.5 million he put up 2.5 million and now donald j with the two page people is basically flat out saying hey look we ain't about to give you your money back, nigga. This this was one of the same. I, I said it before. This is a menace to society move. I'll pay your monkey ass if I feel like it. If I do. The founder of Eshelman Ventures LLC, a venture capital company, said he asked regularly and repeatedly for updates. The lawsuit asserts, but that his requests were consistently met with vague responses, platitudes, and empty promises. <laughs> So Donald J with the two-page people basically told this right-wing nigga that supported him, hey, man, we got your bread. Now, what the fuck you going to do about it? What you going to do about it? It says the lack of success of True the Vote's efforts to challenge the outcome appears to mirror that of the president himself, whose team has lost 38 court action since the november 3rd november election most recently in pennsylvania where a federal appeals court panel blasted trump's legal team for fouling a case with no merit now true the vote did not immediately return an email from the guardian of course well you know they're not going to return anything from the guardian they didn't return none of his phone calls Th this is pretty funny and you know what? Some people may say, well, you know, Bagland DP, you wrong. That ain't right. You know, this man should have his money back. Well, 
you got 2.5 million you donated that i'm pretty sure you got a, another 2.5 million you're dealing with donald j with the toupee you may not get your money back i was in puerto rico back in 2013 and when i was down there when i was coming from san juan the airport when i was going to the resort i happened to notice when i was on that little uh taxi or wherever i was at i was on some it was like a taxi it was, it was some kind of little i can't remember like a little shuttle and i seen these beautiful beautiful uh like it was like lofts or suites or something like that and they were empty and i asked the puerto rican brother i said hey man how long have those been sitting there they look really really nice they look beautiful like ain't nobody really renting those out or ain't nobody getting those and he says man you know those are donald donald trump's and this was in 2013 that's donald trump's properties this nigga done built up the property probably said i ain't paying the workers and the shit was just sitting and i mean this shit was nice looking i mean this shit if you seen it you'd be like man i stay in those so hey he lost his 2.5 million he has to hold his own nuts simple as that you dig now i was talking to my man fever 420 not too long ago i was talking to him about about will there be a pardon and i told him that he might hand it over to the vp he might hand it over to pence and get a get a pardon but I think Biden's going to give him a pardon. Now, if you look at the now, let's look at history. In 1972, Congress accused Nixon of obstruction of justice, which is a federal felony as part of his role in the infamous Watergate scandal. Now, on September 8th, 1974, Gerald Ford, who had assumed office following Nixon's resignation, pardoned Nixon for any crimes he may have committed relegated to Watergate. Jimmy, you are live on the Bagland Podcast. What's going on? Now, I'm telling you, Biden is going to pardon Donald J with the toupee. And if he does not pardon it, I guarantee you that Pence will do it. He, he might resign and tell Pence, hey, man, give me a pardon. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, look at this other article here. Now, this is from The Independent, Okay. You said, what am I talking about? We're talking about Donald J with the toupee. We're talking about pardoning. Universal law is the main topic tonight. What goes up must come down. Now, listen to this. This is another token tool that they done got. Talking about gumbo diplomacy. Joe Biden's pick. This is from the Independent now. I'm going to post it in the chat. So you can see your next tool. God forbid that she's with the congressional, uh, I mean, the immigrant black caucus. Joe Biden's picked to serve as a U.S. ambassador to the U.N., a position that has been effectively removed by Donald J. with two pays cabinet. Spun the all political, all politics is personal mantra into what she calls gumbo diplomacy. Linda Thomas Greensfield, a Louisiana native and career diplomat who worked under Barack Obama's administration, all Lord alongside vice president biden said in remarks from delaware on tuesday that she would often invite people to help make the dish when she was working abroad 
Now, she started talking about homemade gumbo and chopped onions and all this garbage. You got Brianna Taylor in the grave. You got Sandra Bland in the grave. You got Alpha Wright in the grave. You got the brother in Louisiana, by the way. You got the brother in Louisiana, the 15-year-old that was fought, that was found in a rice field. Somebody picked him up from his home and lynched him. The, 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 the district attorney and the local race soldiers don't really want to get too much involved in the case. And she's talking about gumbo. White supremacy will break their tools. This is another tool that they brought. Talking about a bit of uh, lagniape was what we say in Louisiana. I don't know how she says it. It's my way of breaking down barriers, connecting with people and starting to see each other on a human level. They say she grew up in segregated Baker, Louisiana, which she had previously described in town in which the KKK regularly would come on weekends and burn a cross in somebody's yard. So you come from a place where the Klan used to burn crosses in somebody's yard and these brothers down here in Louisiana is getting lynched by race soldiers, shot by the police, and you want to talk about gumbo. She attended Louisiana State University at the same time as white supremacist and Klan leader David Duke. See, like I was telling my homie Fever 1220, you're going to have a bunch of Negro tools, a bunch of butter, chicken, three piece and a hope, three piece and a and an expectation, three piece and a butter biscuit expectation. You're going to get a bunch of niggas like that under the Biden administration. This is going to be another Obama administration. The only difference is we might get another 94 crime bill. See, the trickle down effect is supposed to be in reverse. We're, we're, we're dealing with a lot of trickle-down politics. Obama was up there at the Breakfast Club talking about, well, the black vote shouldn't get anything, but, you know, every other American, every other American, um, they should only get what every other American should get. So he sounds kind of like the GOP again. He sounds like Master McConnell. He sounds like Mitch McConnell. When they asked... Mitch McConnell, they said, Mitch McConnell, what do you think about reparations? You know what Mitch McConnell said? Reparations? He said, reparations is Barack. Black folks was like, what? What do you mean? Oh, you know, reparations is Barack. You wanted a black president, that's your reparations. Straight out of the George Wallace, straight out of the Lyndon B. Johnson playbook. I'll have you Negroes vote for 150 plus years. You want reparations? Here's your reparations. Here's here's this half yellow, here's this high yellow nigga that really don't identify with black folk. That's your reparations. That's what you Negroes really want. You really want something symbolic. You don't want anything measurable and tangible. So let's just put a black president in your face that talks about hope and yes, we can. That's your reparations. Here you go. That's what he said. There was another article that just came out before we go to the next subject. Now, this was an opinion by the U.S. today. Now, here's another example. Bunty143, you are live on the Bagland Podcast. What's going on? The U.S. USA Today says Biden has white men to thank for putting him in the White House. <laughs> I told y'all. See, the Negro Knights watch the Negro Jon Snow that wants to save Winterfell and save they want to save 
you know, the North and the South without getting anything tangible. They're already playing on to niggas saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, you Negroes got us in, but we're not doing nothing for you. The the, the demonic do nothing Dems is sounding straight like the GOP now. They've been sounding like this for a while. You ain't black. Now, this guy says right here, his name is Andrew L. Yarrow. Now, he just put this up 19 hours ago. He said, while Trump made surprising gains in other demographics, Biden made unexpected gains among white male voters in the election. Here's how he keeps them. Now, listen to this. Two years ago, I wrote that Democrats and progressives needed to appeal to white men and address the problems, particularly of non-college educated white men. Although the party may not have been so explicit about what the problems of this population are and the ways in which they would tackle them, at least at the presidential level, Democrats were successful in winning many of them over. Donald J with the toupee made gains among virtually every other demographic, black men and women, Hispanics, Asian Americans, and even white women. The one significant demographic in which his support cratered compared to 2016 was among white men who make up more than one third of the electorate. Biden made an impressive 11% point gain among white college educated men and a 6% point gain among white non-college educated men, supposedly Trump's core constituency. Now, what is going on with the white male population, he says? There is a big deal in two ways. One, which has been widely noted, is that Trump made surprising gains among non-white Americans. The second, which has not been extensively examined, is the shift of white men to the former VP. What does this mean? The first spelled trouble. The, sp- the first spells trouble for the Democrats. The second is unexpectedly good news for them. Some might ascribe Biden's gains to the simple fact that he is male and Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary, is female, or to his Scranton birthplace in America's old industrial heartland. Perhaps men are more prone to think, kick the bum out, regardless of the bum's party. Despite the massive women's rallies the day after Trump was inaugurated in 2017 and all the pre-election talk about white suburban women being key to Democrats' electoral votes... Her electoral hopes, the most important gender dynamic in this year's election occurred among white men. So what they're telling you right now. Now, hold on. Let's go down a little bit. Shout out to Para 52 on the live on the Bagland podcast. They say Democrats have taken for granted people of color. Here we go with that word again. And women, something they don't no longer can do after this year's election. There are too many problems to name affecting both populations that the Biden administration need to address. Only beginning with the overarching scrounges of racism and sexism. You see how they try to compare niggas getting found in trees and getting shot by police to sexism. Of course, Democrats have long been advocates for women and minorities as they should be. But as I wrote in January 2019, they are cited because they are implausibly unaware of such issues or more likely less willing to highlight them because doing so would be deemed politically incorrect. So now they're already talking. They're like, all right, you, the Negroes Night's Watch is no longer needed. We don't need you Negroes anymore. We have your vote. Let's let's go over here to the LGBT and the illegal aliens and these 500,000, you know, Indians that need, we need to bring over here on H-1B visa. Let's work on that. We don't need you Negroes anymore. Next subject. Let's go over here. 
to a meme I found Christian Bale you know Batman was an incredible movie what did Joker say it's about the principle that's what he said it's about the principle he had that big stockpile of money after he stole all that money out that bank and the money was about two stories high and he burned it up see the Joker lived by a code some people were wrote rooting for Batman. I wasn't. I was rooting for Joker the whole damn time. He says, why would you burn all that money up? He said, it's not about the money. It's about the principle. See, the, the Joker had a code. You're not going to put these Jedi mind tricks. I'm going to pull a job of the hut on you motherfuckers right now. You're not gonna you're not gonna do this Luke Skywalker Obi-Wan Kenobi Master Yoda shit on me. This is about the code here. I don't give a damn about the money. I could always get money. I could round up a bunch of mislied and misguided Remy's, and all I gotta do is just show up here at this bank and just take it all. But he burnt it. Every single last penny. He burnt it. Burnt all the money, said it's about the principle, it's about the code. And he said something that was very interesting. Joker said something. He says, let's be an agent of chaos. He says, you hear something, you hear about a, you know, you hear a gangbanger, you hear a criminal that gets killed. Nobody cares. But you hear, you know, this so-called family man, this so-called great politician, and everyone goes crazy. Be an agent of chaos. Flip a coin. Put the gun to his head. Christian Bale. Christian Bale said, if you have a problem with me, call me. And if you don't have my number, then, then that means you don't know me well enough to have a problem. And when you liken that to logic to many of the current events, it's an overstatement. No cap is a brazen, overrided and under and underacted. Half of these problems that we hear about going on, all these guys got to do is give each other a phone call. And they say, well, man, so-and-so, they got beef. They got a problem. They ain't got no goddamn problem. They don't even know each other that have a fucking problem. All they got to do is give each other a phone call. You know all the power players in your city. If you're somebody, if you're a reputable, if you know somebody, you know. All the power players in your city, they know each other. And this goes back to a code of conduct, which niggas don't have and currently are building universal law. Niggas want to go against the laws of gravity and we could always use the mafia or the clan and say, oh, you know, gang shit started there. Well, the white supremacists, they would always kick, kick, you know, they would always cut each other's throats for survival. But damn it, they got some kind of code. See, the Irish, they was niggas before they came over. And after a few decades now, hey, you know, you're white now. Let's put you in position. We'll use you against these Negroes first on the plantation. And now we're using you again. See, the framers in Washington and Jackson, these human demons didn't bring over their 22 million immigrants. They didn't just bring them over to say, hey, you know, uh, let's just practice a new religion. That's not what they did. They brought over 22 million immigrants after Jerome and Kenesha did all the work. 
all the free railroad work and they casted niggas in the society of black codes jim crow it was an abyss of perpetual anti-black and anti-tangible progress and they laid out the red carpet for those 22 million and subverted the former slaves right in the process as tywin lannister said do you really think a crown gives you power and i remember when his little unfit and dusty demonic and ungrateful grandson started telling him telling him well i am king and what he didn't do y'all remember that he started telling him what he didn't do you hid and so and so you know they that you know they, they took the war and all that now when you seen his punk ass get on the war Tyrion had to go out there and put in the work and motivate everybody Tyrion had to actually go out there and put in the work because your king didn't want to go out there and put work in himself. You know, y'all remember that conversation? They were sitting at that table. He made that little dumbass comment. Cersei was looking at him like, hey, this is a menace of society moment. This is that was a menace of society moment right there. And the whole kingdom knew he was a coward. He wasn't set for no battles. Stannis came through, stormed the castle, and put in work. Stannis was a rider. They they had to grab Stannis and and force him off of the fort because they were losing the war. Stannis didn't want to leave. That was a rider. No one wanted to fight for your demonic, dusty, and ungrateful King Joffrey. And Cersei was looking at her son like, you know, you done fucked up, right? Cersei was looking at him like this is a real minister society moment and you can look at the music you see how the tone of the music changed and he says and, and what and what did, what did Tywin tell him the king is tired see him to his chambers and all he could say is I'm not tired see Joffrey didn't want to take any guidance so Joffrey's younger brother had to step to the plate but Marjorie she whipped she whipped that whap out on him Queen Marjorie put that whap on him. She was kind of putting him on game. Like, let me, let me, let me lace you with, let me lace you with a little bit, a little bit of this whap. Cause he really didn't know what to do. The church ended up snatching the crown. Threw his mama in jail. Basically said, yeah, you and your little incest and you and your, you and your little, you, you know, you and your little incest with Jamie. Yeah, you, 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 you gonna have to atone yourself. Shame. Shame. Let me see if I can find me a little bell. That'll work. She said, shame. Marks her butt naked down there, throwing shit on her, spitting on her. That was an, you have to atone universal law I want to go into another article here before we go into a couple other ones I've seen an article from hiphopdx.com I don't report a lot of the, the hip-hop sites but I thought this was an interesting article shout out to 21 Savage where he gave King Von's sister with a new car and he said that King Von, rest in peace, he was going to buy his sister a new car. 
when he was killed in Atlanta, you know, I think that 21 basically said, you know, I want to just go ahead and follow up with the promise. And he said he made he made a statement on Twitter saying, I never speak on stuff like this because I don't do it for the Internet. But y'all are being disrespectful because I guess people were saying some out of pocket shit. And he basically said, you know, he knew his sister before I knew Vaughn because she still talks to my little brother. And he said that he was already planning. Vaughn was already planning on purchasing a gift for her birthday. And due to his untimely passing, he wasn't able to finish it. So all I did was finish it because, you know, finish where he started. Because I told Kayla when he passed, I told her for life and I meant it. So, you know, I guess 21 had grew close to Vaughn before he was shot so they're you know they're probably homies you know what i'm saying and so he went and i'm looking at a picture here he went ahead and, and got von's sister a 2021 range rover now they were kind of what's up class one probe you are live on the bagland podcast what's happening thanks for joining um i think that was a notable thing to do you know, a lot of times when people die, especially when they get killed, you hear a lot of this, oh, I'm going to make sure this, I'm going to make sure that you hear a lot of talk. I, you know, I like to like to liken it to you hear a lot of that jailhouse talk. Hey, I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. And then when it comes down to it, things just don't go that way all the time. You dig? So shout out to 21 savage for that i thought that was a very notable thing to do it wasn't something he had to do it's something that he decided he was gonna do but i did think that was pretty dope i thought that was very very dope now the black media covered this but i want to shed a little light on the article because i thought it was a little interesting and it said here there was a report this is from january 25th 2018 don't mind the latency this 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 uh enterprise site is a little janky and it's basically talking about there's a report that sheds grim details on black women's net worth and they talked about now this is from the samuel samuel d boy cook center on social equity and it says single black women without a bachelor's degree ages 20 to 39 have a net worth of zero and single black women without a bachelor's degree age 40 to 59 have a net worth range of a thousand dollars to two thousand dollars and you could go on so on so on so on but you know what if you look at this current campaign you don't see biden in the Biden administration, they're not talking about pushing out grants for foundational black women, do you? So much for the single mother and black women vote. That might rub people's feathers the wrong way. But, hey, it may be do my own little research. I started looking at where do we fall in the American economic class system, especially now this is from 2019 and October 29. So we're looking at, wow, roughly... A little more than a year it's the 29th tonight roughly a little more than a year 
And now we're in the COVID-19. It says, wow, you could break down your class by income. Economic class is more complex, experts say. And this is from money.usnews.com. Okay. Here we go. We got our slap going on here. We got our slap. Get my sparkling water. Now, it says understanding where you fall on the American economic class system isn't as simply as pulling out a calculator or looking at a pay stub. See, when I was coming out of high school, when you're looking at the world and you're looking at college, you're looking at it from a standpoint like, okay, I'm just going to get a degree and everything's just going to be a okay. And me growing up as a black man in the city of Minneapolis, I didn't really have the male leadership and guidance that I needed. So I had to kind of figure out things on my own. And I said, all right, cool. Look, pops left about 13. I said, all right, I want a bag. What could I do? So I started to print out business cards i started selling mixtapes t-shirts socks all types of shit like that i didn't really want to go and get my generals so i said well you know what i started going to music school didn't really pan out i was good at computers i was the nigga that was on that was in the west bank where you would come and ask questions on how do you mix music how do you put computers and stuff together and i kind of taught myself because every time i would go to places like comp usa they started hitting me with the well you need a certification i said well look let me print out me some business cards because i don't have the cert yet and let me just get out here on the grind so if you want to use the bootstrap theory i guess i pulled up my own damn bootstraps in that in that in that way now it says when asked how to identify their social class 62% of Americans said they belong to the upper middle or middle classes, according to a 2017 survey from Gallup. In determining their social class, people often don't just think about income. They think about other factors, education, location, family history. If you have a family member that gave you a little bit of game that said, hey, look, do not rent for 10 years as I did. Rent for a few years and then grab you some equity because honestly you're paying about the same thing in about two years you could get your credit straightened out if you're being serious about it and you could go get you a property see a lot of people don't know especially now some people are afraid to buy you're gonna spend a bag anyway but you could go to the ramsey county they got ram they got the ramsey county homeowners program where if you've had a position if you've had a job for two years that you could show they'll help you with like 15 bands or so as a down payment to a house so you might be able to get you a crib for 225 find something with a basement might be able to remodel with flip it after a couple years for 275 you dig see they don't really they don't tell you this in, in school really all like that they don't break that down to you because they want you to go through this old college bullshit now like i said this is an old article but I think it's very interesting. You know, I'm going to post it into the chat because you could always glean something. Okay. And it also said something about what is middle class, middle class. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I mean, you got so many people that's losing out for this COVID. This has been a, a great economic paradigm shift. Things are up or is topsy turvy right now, but Pew research 
they say they define middle income Americans as whose annual household income is to be two thirds to double the national median. For a family of three, ranging from 42 grand to 126 grand in 2014. So the lowest income group earned 31 bands or less for a family of three, while the lower middle group earned between 31 bands to 42 in 2014. That's really not much bread for, you know, a, a three person family. So the lowest income they say was 31 grand or less lower middle income, 31 grand to 42 grand middle income, 42 grand, to 126 grand upper middle income 126 grand to 188 and higher income is 188 bands so if you make it 188 bands i mean right now if you make it 188 it's almost kind of like you're balling out of control now you're gonna pay some taxes but i mean you straight let's get let's get let's get some let's get a round of applause shout out to the people making them bands you did Shout out to the people making them bands. And you know what? Here goes another article. Shout out to Juvenile. Now, this is another article on uh, Hip Hop DX. Cash Money Records icon Juvenile's found a new hustle made by Juvie. Now, he has this excellent website, madebyjuvie.com, where this brother is selling like fix light fixtures and i mean man this is very very interesting what this brother did now he didn't he don't went from the rap game during the epidemic he has all these different creations such as wall mounts personal bars liquor dispensers i mean man he's you know the lamps run from 200 to five bands liquor dispensers run from 180 to, to 800 dollars transformer tables about three bands you see what i'm saying so i mean this is some real dope shit a lot of creatives some of these these big giant billion dollar firms or these million dollar places they're having they're they might have some issues but you're going to see you're you're seeing a great outburst of creativity because people don't know where a dollar is going to come through the american dollar ain't worth shit right now and when i go into that i want to talk about the being black in it the being black and in information technology conference and let's go to my website here being black let's go to my website here and if you click on guide to it conference i did a conference i think i should have marketed a little bit more it was kind of spurred a moment but people started talking about this information technology game and all of this type of stuff or um not not the information te technology game but the uh, i'm sorry the COVID 19 saying that people couldn't get jobs and they were having trouble and i had like 15 help desk roles that were remote and they needed some level one people to come on board for these federal and state contracts. And I was going to meet people on Google Meet to get their resumes together, give them a little bit of game. I told them to go ahead and get the book first on Amazon Prime, Guide to Being Black in IT. And 
not too many people jumped on but the interesting uh thing i learned was whenever there's a problem there is an opportunity there is an opportunity to make some money and resolve that problem so i said okay my marketing wasn't on point so what the the first thing you want to do is what do you have to do to resolve that problem so you need to make a list and say these are the things that i need to do to resolve the problem so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna go ahead and do my presentation tonight real quick within the next 30 minutes on a lot of information technology game and people can ask questions in the chat or they could call in there's a call in button on your Podbean app. Make sure you have your headphones so we don't want no echo or no janky, you know, no janky sound. And I could kind of break down some things. And I'm, I think I might start breaking down things at the end of the podcast. Then after that, we'll promote these black owned businesses. Okay. That's what I think we're going to do. All right. Now, there's two certifications that I think that people should start off with. Let's move this over here so I can see it and I can look at the chat. The first certification that I think you should start off with is the MTA 98366. I'm gonna put that in the chat. All right, that's the networking fundamentals. And then there's the AZ 900. All right, now you're looking at fundamentals, fundamentals from a conceptual level and what that does for you is that opens up the conversation when you're sitting down in front of an interview you should have an interesting resume and you should be an interesting person the question is do you have the fundamental ability to communicate on issues resolve and ask questions to a wide customer base and can you do so without a guy thinking you are talking about rocket science now all information technology is about questions and answers it's about ones and zeros no more no less can you communicate to a manager a team an end user that you can learn to solve problems that's really what you're communicating when you're talking to an interviewer now some people say well you know this is kind of tough it's no different than call center you got to learn all these protocols and policies and all of this type of stuff you dig it's not it's no different and what you're gonna do is you're gonna use a variety of tools and applications based on those fundamental concepts to do so so imagine a call center job with no uh, imagine a call center job with technical process okay now the 9836 the 98 the MTA the Microsoft Technology Associate certification 98366 is more about what and how not why so you're going to learn about what these concepts are and maybe how to use them. You dig? And not so much as why. Now, when you start getting into the MCSA certifications, now we'll get into that another time. But now you're dealing with why. Why would you use this during this time? How could you use this to make this issue go away? And you're getting ready to implement and you're getting ready to configure things on a large scale now the az 900 is a cloud it's based on azure it's a cloud so nor it's most about what 
and somehow or where and maybe a bit of some when when would you use this solution and what would it be good for you have a salesperson that wants to do this that and the third but it's basically conceptual and you're going to get your certification vouchers it's cheaper to go to certiport.com as opposed to go to microsoft for the 98366 fundamental the certification for the network fundamentals it's your base networking fundamentals that's the first thing you need to understand about information technology so you want to go to certiport.com for that and the book that you want to get for the 98366 is none other on Amazon Prime. I'm posting that in the chat. The the Microsoft Windows Networking Essentials now by Daryl Carpenter. Now that's a great book. Now I've been in the IT game for many, many years. And even that book kind of helped me rub my elbows back together about things that I forgot. So you want to get down with that. The next thing you want to do, you get the book and you want to download the 98366 study guide okay that's what you want to get and you want to download the 98366 objective exam so you can understand what objectives you need it's only about 30 something questions you get i think close to an hour to pass the test now for resume advice i could tell you I don't put my address on the resumes. It's just something I don't do. A lot of times I don't even put my number on it. Sometimes I do, but a lot of times I just put my email because they should be able to communicate through email. And with a resume, you, you want you want to use different words. Do not use words like I am smart and you know um I am intelligence. That that's not how you want to do your resume. You want to make your resume interesting as managers spend 10 to 30 seconds per resume and they trash the ones they don't like. You can use a program, a program to create your resumes online. It's called resume.io. Go to google.com and type in resume.io. Now, what technology should you be using? You should be thinking about AWS, Azure, Python, Cisco. They're moving over to the coding. DevOps is big, so they're moving over to not just the Cisco CCNAs. That's a thing of the past now. People are using the Cisco DevNet. Now you want to get into something that is specialized so you could earn 65000 or more and have an upward mobile career. You want to become a subject matter expert. Cisco Academy has a Linux program. Send me an email at beingblackinit.com and I might hook you up. Some of the applications you should use to test things out, get a group of friends and use TeamViewer, BombGar, MeCoGo and log me in. You want to learn Linux. You want to learn the command line of Linux. You could download you could download Wireshark for free, and then that's a network analyzer that that allows you to sniff packets. Now don't be going to the coffee shop sniffing packets; that's illegal. But I'm just telling you that's what the hackers use. Now they have something now called ethical hacking, and there's actually a certification for that called CEH. But you get into that later. Okay. I recommend for a Linux certification go to LPI.org. 
And what that's going to do is that's a lifetime certification for the Linux essentials exam. Now, if you get that certification and it's based from a conceptual level, when you're going to have to learn how to, you know, play around on a command line, Linux could put you in a 55,000 range and it shows people that you're certified and expert in the making because you took the time. The type of questions you want to ask yourself before the end of this program is what is DNS? What is a firewall? What is DHCP? Do you have any call center experience that's good for a level one help desk? Okay. So that's some pointers and that's some free game until I have my guide to the game information technology conference again. So I get enough people on there until then go to www.beingblackandit.com and get your book on Amazon prime. Okay. All right now. So what we're going to do before we get out of here, let's promote these black owned businesses here. Let's start off here with Phil Solomon restoration LLC. He's offering wall repair, toilet installation, cabinets, doors, sinks, painting, carpentry. Call 612-298-9852. He's also offering limo services, looking for truck drivers. You do not need your CDL. Contact him at philsolomoninc at outlook.com. Go to www.accelerateclasses.com to get your boot camps for Ike, for Excel, Python, Data Science, SQL, Aura, Coding, HTML, CSS boot camps. They got a special going on. Get your custom clothing at www.lakestreetlegend.com. Here is a black-owned comic book, the key to LOA.com. Also, check out the cold press juices at www.lifejuiceus.com. And my man Terrence Green will be releasing his animation boot camp soon. Shout out to Green Royal Videos. Definitely check that out. Go to www.sentit.company.com. It's foundational Black American. She has some beautiful, very great smelling candles. Also go to www.onpointarms. I'm sorry, www.onpointarmsllc.com. Get your firearms. You're going to need them. Go to www.itmasterkey.com. That's an online certification course. Go to www.iwantamask.com to get your KN95 certified mask. And go to www.thesafetypouch.com. This allows you to keep your wallet in no reaching distance if the race, race soldiers pull you over. And last but not least, consider going to www.beingblackinit.com for me to host my information technology conference call in the near future to help you get into the information technology game. Until then, I will see you guys probably sometime next week. I appreciate everybody on this live. Please like, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, you can subscribe to me at the Bagland Podcast on Instagram and also on YouTube. I could be moving my platform over as we go along, but let's see how things go. I appreciate everybody tonight. www.beingblackandit.com Y'all take care.